Good afternoon, everybody. W welcome to Freeway Marshfield. If y'all wouldn't mind, <clears throat> we're audience of one. We we don't normally I don't normally say that, or I used to, but I don't anymore. But we like to be called audience of one because it ain't about us; it's about him. So, you guys ready? Oh. 
Mike's going to come talk to us. All right. Welcome to Freeway Ministries, and I love it when the service starts coming together right, right from the beginning, right at, during worship, because I'm pretty sure that uh, Ace had no idea what I was going to be preaching on tonight, and, and we're, we're singing, uh, You Have Made Me New, and so we're going to be in 2 Corinthians tonight, uh, in one of my favorite verses in 517, where it talks about we're new, we're a new creation in Christ, so uh, if you would, this is a time when if you would take out your phones and go to the Marshfield live feed the freeway page, and share this. We can get the gospel out to as many people as possible. Uh, we know that Facebook needs the gospel. Uh, there's a l- Oops. Might need to t- retune that deal. <laughs> and this is also a time when we take up an offering. Uh, this is not your church tithe. This is an offering uh, if you're willing, if you're able to give to this ministry, I can assure you that we'll use it for outreach. We'll use it to get out, uh, talk to people in our community about about Jesus, and invite people uh, to Freeway and and just share the gospel with them. So let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be here tonight, Lord. I just thank you that you put on every single person that's here tonight, that you put on our hearts, Lord, uh, just to be in this place tonight, Lord, just to hear your word, Lord, and to worship you and honor you and lift you up, Lord. So thank you for that, Lord. I thank you so much for Timber Ridge Baptist Church, Timber Ridge, uh, that come and prepared the meal tonight, Lord, and they are faithful servants of yours, Lord, and they mean so much to this ministry, Lord. Thank you so much for them, and thank you for the people in the sound booth, Lord, who are here every week, Lord, and they serve with merry hearts, and of course, our worship team, Lord, that worships, that, that leads us in worship, Lord, thank you so much for them, and just thank you for everyone here tonight, Lord. We just want to pray, uh, Lord, that your word, uh, you say that your word doesn't return void, Lord, and, and we're confident in that tonight, Lord. So just help me to preach, Lord, uh, uh, your word and nothing but your word, Lord. Uh, just use me, Lord, to speak through me, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. through. Got another battery. Another nine volt. I'm hoping that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. It knocked the volts right out of it for sure. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it, brother.
Give me a second here, my guitar's out. Go.
all need is forgiveness, right? Amen. This song gets me fired up, man. Which all of them get me fired up. I don't care. It's just a worship song. Even a hymn will fire me up. Because I love worship the Lord. And I hope you do too. Because that's the joy, you know. We get it from the Lord. We don't get it from this world. Or our cars. Or our phones. Or our friends. Or our wives. Or our children. We get it from the Lord. I think that's why I got the joy today. Because these songs are making my heart feel good. I remember how.
Mike's going to come preach to us. You guys can be seated. Man, give our worship team another round of applause. It just reminds me of how, how big a part of worship is to my walk with Christ. And, and I had somebody tell me this week that uh, when I was talking to him about worship, and in fact, it was one of the guys from the discipleship house a while back, and, and uh, he had just given his life to Christ. And, and we'd, I'd, I was taking him to court one day, and I was telling him how uh, this worship music had just grabbed hold of me while I was in prison. And, and I remember hearing these worship, sh- worship uh, songs, and tears would be flowing down my face. And I just would feel these pins and needles, and it's just, I felt the presence of God, and it just brought, it just made me just cry tears of joy. And, and uh, I remember Mike Estelle preaching a sermon on uh, Revelations about returning to your, your first love, and it just reminded me. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I know I felt the Holy Spirit in here tonight while I was worshiping, and, and uh, Ace mentioned something about it making your heart feel good, and it just makes your heart feel good to worship the Lord, and so, so thank you everybody for being here tonight. I want to remind everybody that our outreach has been changed to June 11th. That's on a Sunday. Uh, we did this once last year, and it seemed to work out pretty good, so Sunday after church on June the 11th, uh, everyone will have time to go home and and uh, change clothes and get ready and come back to the park, the Rotary Park at one o'clock. Uh, Mike Estelle will be preaching that day, and we'll have uh, we'll have a testimony from Jason Blackshear. Uh, he agreed to come and do a testimony, and and that's a testimony you won't want to won't want to miss. It's an, an amazing testimony, and uh, like I said, the message here uh, it just I just love how everything comes together. Uh, the message here is is uh, be reconciled to God. And so, again, I want to thank Timber Ridge also uh, for the great meal that they prepared tonight. Let's give them a round of applause, too. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited tonight to be a new creation in Christ. I remember hearing this verse. This is one of the verses that had a really big impact on me in my new, when I was a new Christian. And I would meditate on this verse, and I would try to figure out how in the world this could be possible, that with everything that I've done in my life, uh, 38 years of addiction and all the, the sin that I, that I lived in, the, the living uh, against God, Him being an enemy, and just, just everything, how, uh, how I could just become a new creation just like that. Uh, and all that, all that is gone, and behold, all things are new. And so I would meditate on this verse, and and it actually is part of Scripture that one of the first verses that I got excited about. Uh, I remember reading uh, one day at, at the discipleship house, and I was reading through that, and it just hit me. It's like a light came on, and I just I, I ran through the house, and I wanted everybody to, to see. Listen to this. Check this out. Which, listen to what this says. And so I got excited about Scripture for the first time in my life, and this was something new to me, and I liked it. It felt good. I loved it. I loved uh, getting excited about Scripture. And so when I first come into the discipleship house, they told me I had to be in my Bible every day for 30 minutes before I ever left the house. And uh, so it was a rule. And so I was in my Bible every day for 30 minutes. And the reason I was in my Bible every day for 30 minutes was because it was a rule. Once I started getting excited about God's Word, it started becoming something that I did. It started becoming something I did because I, I was excited about God's Word. And I'm excited that you're here tonight, too, man. I just noticed you're sitting there, so glad to see you. And so, yeah, I would get excited about God's Word. And so now it's what drives me now when I read God's Word. You know, I, 
me and me and uh, Paul, we we get sit down each week, and and we know that when we for discipleship, and we know without a reasonable doubt, we know for a fact that God is going to reveal something here for us tonight. We expect it, and we pray for it, and we go through God's word, and He always reveals something without fail. Every single time, uh, He'll reveal something to us that we had not seen before, or He will shine a light on something in a way that that He had never has before, and so. I just love God's word, and so thank God that I don't have to live uh, up to the worldly values anymore that I used to to have to live up to. That's where I used to find myself worst was in things of this world, and so thank God I don't have to live that way anymore. My worth comes from being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want you to know that we can take everything that Paul is saying in this letter to the Corinthians tonight and we can apply it to our own lives. And so, as we read through uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, just be, be looking for things that, that we know that we can apply to our lives today. And so, here's a little bit of info about Paul and his letters to the Corinthians. This letter to the church in Corinth by Paul was to affirm Paul's ministry, to defend his authority as an apostle, and to refute false teachers in Corinth. Paul obviously loved these people, and you can tell by the way he wrote and what the things that he said in his letter to them. This was the fourth letter he had written to them, and it was an intensely personal letter. Paul had already written three letters to the Corinthians, and two of them which are now lost. But the two that we have are in, are in the Bible, First and Second Corinthians. Most of the church had responded in the right spirit, but there were, however, those who were denying Paul's authority and questioning his motives. This brings us to our text tonight. It's not actually our text. This is a little bit before our text that I want to focus on tonight. But in chapter 5, Paul begins by saying, uh, by speaking about the assurance of the resurrection. He's assuring the, the people in Corinth of the, re, re, the resurrection of Christ. So in 2 Corinthians 5, 5, Paul says, Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So as I'm reading that verse and, and I'm thinking about that verse, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. I just had to thank the Lord when I read that. I was like, thank you, Jesus, Lord, for the, that guarantee, the Spirit that, that, that guarantees us. It's a guarantee that we have that. So listen, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit is God's guarantee. And if you're not a Christian, we're about to talk about something tonight that can change your life. Tonight. Each time the Holy Spirit reminds you of Scripture, convicts you of sin, restrains you from selfish behavior, or prompts you to love, you have evidence that the Spirit is in you. We know that those things definitely didn't happen when we were running solo, when we were on our own. Those things weren't taking place inside us. We were thinking we could do this on our own. So now as we live our lives and, and we're, living our, we're walking day by day and, and we're feeling this conviction, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the reason we're not able to, we don't have to sin the way we used to. It's the reason that we have a choice today whether we sin or not. Uh, there was a time when I didn't have that choice. I was a slave to my sin, 
But thank you, Lord, that I don't have to live that way anymore. We need Christ in our lives, right? I know I need Christ in my life. That's not a hard thing for me to admit anymore. At one time, it, it was. But I, I don't have a hard time admitting that anymore. All I have to do is look at the mess I made out of things when I didn't have Christ in my life. Paul then goes on to talk about the judgment seat of Christ, which if you go through the discipleship, you will, you will read about the judgment seat of Christ. And I know it's another part of Scripture that just I get excited about, thinking about the crowns uh, that we will receive as Christians that we'll be able to uh, present back to God as an ultimate expression of love. We get to present those back to Jesus uh, when we get to heaven. And that's exciting. That's exciting to know that we'll be able to do that. And then in verse 9, he says, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. And now we're, we're to our actual text, which begins in chapter 11 uh, through 21. And Paul is saying in these verses, be reconciled to God. So let me read uh, these verses. 2 Corinthians 5, we're going to start in 11, and this is the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others, but what we, but what it are, but what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are besides, beside ourselves, it is for you, God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one, the one has died for all, therefore all have died. And if he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him, him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much, Lord, for your word, Lord, and thank you for this scripture, Lord, and and just thank you, Lord, uh, for this opportunity just to, to
ponder on your word, Lord, to meditate on your word, to hear your word, to read your word. Thank you, Lord, uh, for this message here tonight. We just love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What Paul is saying to the Corinthians here is that those who boast in appearance and not in heart are false teachers. You can identify false teachers by finding out what really motivates them. If they're more concerned about themselves than about Christ, avoid them in their message at all cost. Paul says back in chapter 2, verse 17, where he is defending his ministry, For we are not, as so many, peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Everything Paul and his companions did was to honor God. Paul tells us in verse 14 how this came to be when he says, For the love of Christ compels us. I love that. This word compels means to hold fast. Christ's love compelled their actions. In other words, the love of Christ was constraining them to certain courses of action. I love that too. I can apply that to my life. I can see it every day. The love of Christ compels me, uh, compels me not to do the things that I used to do, compels me not to sin, not that I don't sin. They knew that Jesus, out of his great love, had given up his life for their sakes. I remember being in prison. I remember being in Algoa, and I've, I've, some of you have heard this story before, but the very first time that I experienced uh, just the fact, uh, just I found myself uh, pondering on what Jesus had did on the cross. And I started weeping. I started sobbing and weeping. And I, I could just see Christ and I could see his wounds and I could just I could see what he was going through. And this was very new to me. I had just come out of darkness and I had just come out of a, a selfish, selfish life. And I, I wasn't used to thinking about something other than myself. My life was all wrapped up in me, what I didn't have, what I did have, what I, what I wanted, what I needed. It was about me all the time. And here I was. I was outside. I was focused on something else. And I was focused on Christ and what he did on the cross for me. When the weight of his love is upon us, it changes what we do. It makes us new people. We don't act the same anymore. We don't think the same anymore. We don't walk, talk. We don't do anything the same anymore when the weight of the love of Christ is upon us. Paul was pointing to the fact that Jesus was not acting out of his own self-interest, selfishly holding on to the glory of heaven that he already possessed. you've got your Bibles and you're, you're following along, if you'd turn to Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, Paul says, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Thank you, Jesus, that he's able to come down to our level where we can understand. Because Christ died for us, we can, we can be dead to our old way of life. And we can be alive in Christ. Like Paul, we should no longer live to please ourselves. We should spend our lives pleasing God, pleasing Christ. 
This brings us to a verse that has sent many of us to our knees, overflowed with joy and gratitude. I know it has for me. And that's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Are you a new creation in Christ tonight? If you're not a new creation in Christ tonight, my prayer is that God would soften your heart and that uh, you would receive his word tonight and that you would surrender your life to him and your life will change forever. I promise you, you'll never be the same if you do that. Now, to those who struggled with drugs and alcohol our whole lives, we know the baggage that comes with. And here we have a verse telling us that when, we, that when we're in Christ, we're a new creation, and all that stuff is just gone. We may still have to deal with some of the consequences of that stuff, but what we have done, no longer God holds against us. This verse tells us that a Christian can... Uh, that we are brand new people on the inside. He knew I needed to be a new person on the inside. The Holy Spirit gives us a new life in Christ. We're not the same people anymore. It doesn't say we're reformed or rehabilitated or re-educated. It says we are recreated. New creations. Living in vital union with Christ. How awesome is that? That we can live in union with Christ. Let us turn and take a look at what Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. As you, therefore, have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. If you're a follower of Christ and you're a new creation in Christ, we should be thanking him often. We should be thanking him. I wanted to say every day, but we should be thanking him minute by minute that we're new creations now. While this newness we experience is true for each individual. Paul is saying much more here in these verses. Not only are believers changed from within, but a whole new order of creative energy began with Christ. All of a sudden, we want to get involved in the things that glorify God. Thank you, Lord, for a new purpose. For a long time, I knew that, you know, I had this new purpose, but I really couldn't put my finger on it, but it finally came to light. My new purpose is just to glorify God. I remember living without Christ in my life and how selfish I was as a person, and I was always focused on me and what I needed. And, and in fact, I would, do, uh, I would do whatever it took to get what I needed. And I hurt a lot of people along the way. And to be honest with you, I had to block a lot of that out to be able to live with myself. But inside, I really hated who, that, who I was because of that. And so, being this new creation in Christ and having this new purpose, is, it's amazing. And I thank the Lord for it. So there is a new covenant, a new perspective, a new body, a new church. 
All creation is being renewed. And we should take notice. There is an entirely new order of all creation under Christ's authority. When Christ died on the cross, it all changed. There was a new covenant. It requires a new way of looking at all people and of all creation. Does your life reflect this new perspective? I want to read 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19 again. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message, the message of reconciliation. God trusts us with his message, with his word. He trusts us as Christians to go out and to spread his word and to tell other people about his word. That's awesome, too, that God would trust us with something like that, with his word. In these verses, we see that God brings us back to himself. He reconciles us by blotting out our sins and making us right with him. Whew. I get chills thinking about that. He blots out our sins and he reconciles us back to himself. So if you've read the story, if you've read the Bible, and you've read from Genesis forward, you know what took place in the garden in the garden. Uh, when the curse was put upon all humanity and death was upon us, we were all going to die. And here it says God reconciled us back to him. Man. By the way, this bringing us back to himself, this reconciling us, means that we were once separated from him. And that's where that empty feeling came from. The one that we tried to fill with everything the world had to offer. The drugs, the alcohol, the relationships, whatever we could get our hands on that made us feel better. We took it to extreme, trying to get rid of that feeling. Trying to get rid of that feeling that we had when we were separated from him. Turn with me to Ephesians 2, 13 through 18. But now, in Christ Jesus, you were once, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing the law of, law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the father. Amen. Thank you, Lord. When we trust in Christ. We no longer are God's enemies or strangers or foreigners to him. He knows us intimately. 
because we have been reconciled to him. We have the privilege of encouraging others to do the same. And therefore, we are those who have the ministry of reconciliation. We have a new purpose. This was great news to me when I got saved because I was looking for a new purpose. I was tired of living that old way of life. I remember when I was lost and before I had surrendered my life to Christ, I was worn out. I had been running so hard for so many years and I was just lost and I was wore out and I was empty and I was just tired of running. And I remember sitting around and thinking to myself, I need something new. I need to, I need to be passionate about something other than getting high. I don't know what it is, but maybe drag boat racing or, or traveling around the world, just anything. I want to get up, I want to wake up and just turn the page of life and do something new and have something new in my life. But I had no idea or no, no, no means or, or ways to get there. I didn't even realize that what I was talking about was I, I want Christ. I need this new purpose in Christ. I need to turn this page I need to come out of darkness and into the light. I need Jesus is what I needed. 2 Corinthians 5.20. I'm usually faster at doing this when I'm in discipleship because I'm trying to get there before he does. Ain't that right, Paul? Second Corinthians five twenty. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. An ambassador is an official representative of one country to another. As believers, we are Christ's ambassadors, sent with his message of reconciliation to the world. So as a, as a follower of Christ and as a Christian, it's up to us. We have a job to do. We are ambassadors of Christ. We should be preaching the message of reconciliation to the world. We should be telling people about what Jesus has done in our lives and what he can do in their lives as well. An ambassador of reconciliation has an important responsibility. We dare not take this responsibility lightly. How well are you fulfilling your commission as Christ's ambassador? When was the last time you shared the gospel with someone? I'm speaking to myself here too, and I'm starting to feel... A little bit of conviction because I can't really remember the last time I shared the gospel with someone personally. As Christians, we should regularly be asking ourselves these questions. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. When we trust in Christ, we make an exchange. He takes our sin and makes us right with God. 
Many of us have thought that we had done way too much for God to forgive us for. I remember thinking that. I remember thinking there's no way that God would forgive me. And, and I remember expressing this to my sisters on the phone when I was lost. And, and uh, it just tore them up for, me to, for them to hear me say that God would never forgive me for the things that I've done. I spent 38 years rebelling against God. Being an enemy of God, living in sin, and he saved me. If he can do it for me, he'll do it for you. Let me assure you, there's nothing you've done that he won't forgive you for. Listen to what it says in Psalms 103, verses 11 and 12. And this is God's great love for us. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. So you know why he said as far as the east is from the west, right? If you go from north, if you go north or you go south, eventually you will end back up. If you go north, eventually you'll get to a point where you're traveling south. But if you're going from east to west... If you go east, you're always going to be going east. You'll never go anywhere but east. And if you go west, you'll be going west for eternity. And so this is the concept here of how far is the east is from the west that he's removed our transgressions from us. So it's like they don't exist. Our sin was laid on Christ at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. When we get saved, we received his righteousness This is what Christians mean by Christ's atonement for sin. It's that trade-off. In the world, bartering works only when two people exchange goods of relatively equal value. But God offers to trade His righteousness for our sin. Something of immeasurable worth for something completely worthless. How grateful we should be for His kindness to us. Before we have our altar call, I want to read a story to you called Settling for Socks by John Bukema. So Thelma and Victor Hayes won more than $7 million in 2005 in Canada. When asked what the, what the couple, who were then age 89, would do with the money, they said at this stage of life, they were unlikely to become giddy high spenders. They planned to stay put in their retirement home. Victor Hayes planned to buy a Lincoln Town Car, but his wife simply wanted a new pair of nylons. Her response was widely reported as comical, if not foolish. How could someone win a fortune and change nothing but their nylons? In the same way, how can those who have won the spiritual grand prize of eternal life not live in a way that is consistent with being a new creation in Christ? Worship team can come forward. Listen, if you're here tonight or if you're online and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know he will meet you right where you are right now. He met me in a prison cell and he met me at the altar in a prison chapel. It was like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders when I surrendered my life to Christ. (laughs) 
This new creation we've been talking about tonight takes place the instant you get saved. The very second you give your life to Christ, you surrender your life to Him, you become a new creation. If you need to come forward tonight, these altars are open. There are people here who want to pray with you and walk with you through your salvation experience. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Notice in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Saying all those old things are passing away, it doesn't say that all those old things are passing away. It says they have passed. They are gone. You can have a new life in Christ tonight. All things become new. Lord Jesus, thank you once again, Lord, for your word. And just thank you for this night, Lord. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord, that guides us in our way now. Thank you that we can become, that we are, for those that know you, are new creations in Christ, Lord, with a new purpose, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that for those of us that are new creations in Christ, Lord, that, that we will be ambassadors for you, Lord, that we will go out and that we will tell other people about you, Lord, and that we will be witnesses, Lord, to your saving grace, Lord, to how you saved our lives, Lord, that we will tell other people about it. Put a fire in our hearts, Lord, just to share the gospel with other people around us. May we just ask, Lord, each and every one of us here tonight that you put somebody in our lives this week, specifically just to share the gospel with. Lord Jesus, thank you once again, Lord. <coughs> I pray, Lord, that you'll just soften the hearts, Lord, of the people that heard this message tonight. And, they, and that they would come to know you tonight, Lord. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
are you, Lord? Mm. Thank you, everybody, for coming out tonight. Uh, we want to invite you to church tomorrow. Uh, we get a, a, a treat tomorrow. We get a, a prize. Mike Estelle is going to be preaching tomorrow. And if you've heard Mike Estelle preach, uh, you know that you want to be here. Uh, uh, we have a great pastor. I'm not saying anything about our pastor, but we, we have uh, Mike Estelle preaching in the morning. And so he will be here. We have Bible study at 9 o'clock in the morning, and we will, he will preach at 10 o'clock in the morning. If you're not from this area, there's many other churches, great churches to get plugged into. Crossway Baptist Church in Springfield. There's Spring Hill Baptist Church and High Street Baptist Church in Springfield. Community Southern in Fairgrove. Ashgrove is First Baptist uh, Church who, who supports a freeway there. Timber Ridge uh, is another great church to get plugged into. And Golden Avenue Baptist Church. And so this is the time of year when a lot of kids or a lot of people are graduating. Uh, let's, keep them, let's keep them in our prayers that they would just... Uh, that they would just develop a fire in their hearts uh, for the Lord, uh, that they wouldn't be led astray. Uh, and so we went to a graduation last night, and it was, uh, it's just great seeing. Uh, uh, we went to a school, and we actually, they were actually talking and praying and, and, and talking about Scripture, and it was just a great thing, thing to hear. Uh, we know that that doesn't happen in, in all schools, and so... But we want to be praying for those people, praying that God will give them direction and guidance and, and just pray that God lights a, a fire in their heart just to serve, just to serve him. And so uh, if you want to close this in prayer, what you've done. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for your love. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that I get to serve you every day. Lord, service to you is not just here at Cross, Freeway or Crossbridge, Lord. It's every day of my life. Father, help me not forget it. Lord, I pray for that one that's sitting in his seats that are white knuckling it, Lord. I pray that they surrender. And not because of anything that Mike said or anything that we praised, but because of you. Lord, I love you. And I thank you for everything you've done in my life. And everything that you're going to continue to do, Lord. And I can't wait for you to take me home. In your wonderful name I pray. Amen. something to go home on. Love you guys. Have a wonderful week.